to the Fire This Time Podcast. Welcome back, people. How y'all doing? Yes, sir. My name is Sonny Ture. And I'm Akita G. And uh, we are happy to be here, episode 14. Going to welcome the people righteously, bro. You know, peace to the people. We back again to give you that fire. Something to make it nice for you. Something to make it good to you. You know, we definitely happy to be able to bless y'all again on this uh we on a Saturday today, you know, we doing it on the weekends, mm-hmm. things of that such nature. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, we're going to get into a little bit of different things today for y'all. Yeah. But um, before we do all of that, I keep. What's up? What we going to do? Or, or, I, well, matter of fact, I go ahead and do that because you know what? I, I, I sort of like that. Today, we're going to touch on a lot of subjects. Mm-hmm. We're going to get into a lot of different things. Talk to them. So I'm sort of excited about that. Talk to them. You know. Of course, you know, we're going to talk about uh, uh, who they call Notorious RBG. I uh, guess. You, you talking about the flag, Aki? No, I ain't talking about the flag, Aki. <laughs> we ain't talking about that right there. There's only one RBG we recognize, but yeah. we, we'll, we'll talk about the other the other secondary one, you know what I'm saying? You know, we're going to get a little bit into the ice whistleblowers, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, you know, yeah, she yeah, didn't yeah, came yeah. out and she's been dropping dimes and stuff, and you know what I'm saying, and all of those different things. We're going to even talk about a little, you know, um... You know, Compton, you know, they get nasty in Compton, you know. They rolling up on officers and shooting them, you know. We're going to see if uh, what we think about that and what we've been hearing, you know, how the people been feeling about that, of course. And, of course, you know, for the, you know, the the the, 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 the little icing on the cake, we're going to talk about this Brianna Taylor settlement, you know. Mm-mm-mm. Definitely got to talk about that because uh, that right there is a, uh, we looked at the press conference. Let's just say that was something special. <laughs> That's all we can say is that that was something special, you know. And we're also going to talk about, uh, you know, we've been having a little string of white women posing as black women. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, so, you know, we're going to see what that be like, you know, and uh, and uh, chop it up on that a little bit. That's sort of find that ironic, but, you know, we'll talk about that later. But before anything, you know, remember to, uh, you know, like and share and support. You know, fire this time. Um, we pod. at, we at uh, at fire this time pod on IG and Twitter. You can also search for us, uh, fire this time podcast on Facebook. And yeah, we just urge y'all. You know, we we rely on y'all for support. So please drop this in your fam's uh, inbox on Facebook, on the text, on the on the WhatsApp. On you, uh, hit up your friends in the group chat. Let them know that the new podcast, you know what I'm saying, that they need to be checking out is here to fire this time. And it's time, you know what I'm saying, it's time for this type of analysis we bring in. It's time for a new African perspective. It's time for a perspective on everything going on that doesn't conform to, uh, you know, old way of thinking type shit, you know what I'm saying? So uh, y'all know how we coming, you know what I'm saying? If you don't, you about to find out. So with that being said, we going to proceed. So uh, before we get started, let's just mention real quick uh, this week's fire. Oh yeah, we got yeah. we got two different parts uh, this week for that. Uh, the first part, we're just gonna give a quick shout out to the homie. We already talked to him on the phone. He know this is coming. Yeah, he know this is coming. Yeah. So we got a shout out to one and only. We talking about Cynthia's son, bruh. Yeah. We talking about Cynthia's son. The son of Cynthia. Yeah. Call so him the son of Cynthia. Shout out our homie Alex, bruh. Alex, bruh. Uh, you know, much love to you, brother. Hope you're doing well. 
I don't, I'm not sure which year this is for you. We ain't gonna put no year out there. Yeah, I'm gonna 20s. put you on blast like that. You uh, like in your twenties, you know, like twenty one or something. Nah, you nah. know what I'm saying? <laughs> we'll give you a young age. We'll give you a young age. You know what I'm saying? Like twenty one or something. But you know, congratulations on your born day, man. That's righteous right there. You're yeah. still here. Alex, one of our um biggest supporters uh you know what i'm saying also somebody that helps us out a lot with uh you know framing the show getting the show ready yeah so we're trying to bring him to the fold even more for real for real oh, i wasn't gonna ask him today it's his birthday get him on deck uh so yeah shout out alex uh, other part of this week's fire besides a, a great revolutionary and alex uh, having his birthday is uh you know uh, i saw a new story come out um, it was about Maya Moore And I've been seeing s- Some of uh, WNBA star Maya Moore For those that don't know uh, I've been seeing Over the past year or two You know Just the news That you know She left the league uh, In search uh, Or not really in search But to take time To fight for Criminal justice reform mm-hmm. And uh, Specifically To help uh, Free A black man That was uh, Wrongfully convicted Yeah so you, you, have you seen the story? Actually? Yeah, I've All seen right. the story. What'd you think? Bit. Yeah, I, I thought the story, man. It, it, it seemed like it, I mean, hey, you know, if we if we was gonna have a Cinderella story or you know, damsel, you know, this would be a perfect one right here. You know, um, yeah, I, I guess from one of the stories I met, it seems that they have known each other since. Yeah, you know, for a long time. Yeah, I, I think the story. I I don't think we're gonna get too far into it, just because I, I heard a lot of different things. But uh, it seems like she met him while she was doing some ministry work mm-hmm. uh, in a prison that he was incarcerated within. Yeah, uh, and that's how they met. I'm not sure what you know. I, we're not gonna get into where the relationship started. I, yeah. We don't know. We don't yeah. know. Uh, but anyways, they're married now, mm-hmm. and that, that's a reason to celebrate a black man being freed. And you know, black partnership coming together. Uh, I wonder if Mike Moore gonna get back in the league. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I know the WNBA is uh, at least on the social justice side getting more and more known and recognized. Uh, you know, I guess we need to start tuning into the games more. Yeah, men and women. But you know, Mike Moore, you definitely got a fan in me. You know yeah. what I'm saying? I'm definitely gonna uh, try to support how I can. You know yeah, what I'm that's uh, definitely righteous right there. I'm glad to see that. You know, mm-hmm. black love. There you go, Black Love. So let's start picking apart some of these smaller stories before the the, the two big topics, the white women posing as black women and the Breonna Taylor settlement. That's going to be the big topics today. Yeah. But we got some smaller topics we just want to hit on real quick. So um, let's just start out with maybe the one that is uh, not as recent. It happened maybe a week and a half ago or two weeks ago, something like that. The Compton Cop shooting. Yeah. So, uh, what do you know about that, Aki? I'm about to pull up an article. I mean, it ain't too much to really say. You know, they got footage. It was two officers sitting in the car. The footage shows a man rolling up to the car. Sort of looked like he was going to walk by, and then he started, he just started firing. Bah, 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 bah. And he ran off. Mm-hmm. You know, I hadn't heard anything as of today about um, if they have, have any suspects or if they are... Um, you know, got any uh, reasonings behind maybe why that happened. But, you know, one thing I know about L.A. and specifically Compton, they police is crooked. You know? Mm -hmm. It it could very much have been a retaliation, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, Now, I will say real quick that the two deputies, L.A. County Sheriff deputies that were shot, uh, I don't know if they did. No, they not. They not. They just one, got shot. One was released already. Okay. Then. One is still in the hospital. All right. Then. 
So neither one was killed, but uh, they were shot. Um, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, what do I think about the video? What do I think about the shooting? It could be, a, it could be a you know, fake too. You never know. Yeah, well, I'm not even gonna get into that. I will say this: I don't put it past uh, police departments, you know, the the law enforcement wing of this empire, to uh, you know dramatize or completely fabricate something. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. To support their efforts at police empowerment and uh, pr to protect them against what they see as an existential threat. Police unions, police departments across this country see Black Lives Matter protests as an existential threat. Yeah. Um, of course, Especially we, now because they're calling for defunding. Right. And uh, you, Exactly right. Abolition even. And of mm -hmm. course, abolition is a loaded term we've talked about. We won't yeah. get into <laughs> episode 14. <laughs> but, uh, but right, they're calling for defunding and abolition of police departments. Yeah. And of course, you can think to the white conservative high school dropout cracker average cop <laughs> you know yeah. what I'm saying what that might sound like what that might sound like yeah or what that definitely sound like, like you know trying what I'm to saying? take my job and, that, and man and that's the thing man I copped a police officer just like a just like a LA police officer and hey I didn't take an ass from an LA officer mm. before they, they, them officers is corrupt. They come through doing all types of dirt shit. So what? Uh, is this gonna be a segment of uh, story time with Aki? Nah, I ain't gonna go through that. Oh, we you know what I'm saying? saying? That's there. traumatizing right there. Mm, my bad, Aki. I just say that. That's a traumatizing moment right there. That that instilled the deepness mm. of my hatred for the pig. There you go. Like I already had it. My grandmama gave me that, but that right there, like nah, dog, they was they was some shit. But yeah, man, you know that, and you know we let it. You know it's more to come out to figure out about that. We we you know, try to keep up with it. We get some information. You know, we. I, I find it. I I would personally find it suspicious. You know what I'm saying. And this is just me playing the advocate of conspiracy theorists. You know what I'm saying. This mm -hmm. isn't fully my opinion. Just in case anybody really listening. You know, it, it'll be truly suspicious to me though, in that context, if the person they they don't catch the person that shot him. You know what I'm saying? If they don't catch the person that shot him, you know what I'm saying? It's going to seem like even a little bit more suspicious. To me. Yeah, because in Compton, they got cameras every damn well. How, how we only got one angle of, of, of the person walking up so far? You yeah, because we got mad cameras. They got mad cameras in Compton. Yeah, I'm going to see some more angles. You know what I'm saying? And I, I'm, I'm paying attention to the story. Uh, but who knows? You know what I'm saying? I, I'm not... I'm not any which way on it. Yeah. Uh, I don't trust the mass media, and I'm waiting for more information. Yeah. I mean, the streets know more than we know right now. Facts. Yeah. That's definitely what's up. But, uh, shoot, man, we, hey. Let's talk about the ice whistleblower now. Uh, and our sister's name is Dawn Wooten. Dawn Wooten. I, 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 sister, I hope I'm saying your name right. And I'm reading a, please forgive me, audience. I'm reading an article from CNN right now. Uh, it says that Don Wooten is a licensed practical nurse employed by the center who's represented by the governmental accountability project of Project South. Da, 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 da. And uh, basically what this woman is uh, has came out, uh, what Don has came out and said mm. is that uh, while working in the ICE facility, women came up to her and informed her of the forced and uh, I the forced hysterectomies. Yeah. Am, am I pronouncing the the um, yeah, hysterectomies? Okay. 
um, and of course, for those that don't know about this medical technique or procedure, it's to uh, take away women's ability to uh, get pregnant. Yeah. Uh, do you know what what exactly the, is it? Is that the tubes being tied, or is that just things being scooped out? Do you know? I think that's something being taken out. Okay. Okay. It might be this. It might be this. Not the cervix, but. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know, but in any uh, women anyway. listeners of the of the podcast, please inform us, <laughs> and, and, whether it's in the comments or uh, DM. Pardon, pardon our ignorance, right? But uh, I, it, it was supposed to be a specific doctor. A specific oh, and they called him the the um, I, I forgot what it was the egg collector or a hist- or, or something collector. Yeah, that she that that Dawn was hearing. This doctor referred to as by the women locked yeah. up unjustly mm-hmm. in this ICE facility. So um, that's horrific. Yeah, I mean, let's let's just say that flat out. I mean, me and Ike, you know, we doing what we doing over here. But that that this is horrific. This yeah. is you. This is eugenics. Yeah, that because you you think about it. They first was doing those type of tests on black women slaves. Hmm. You know. Uh, gynecology uh, exams, the ones even they use today, they was doing it on them with no anesthesia or nothing. They was doing hysterectomies with no anesthesia or nothing. So now you got these women going in there, and they pretty much forcing them under anesthesia. If I, if, because I don't think they were, I, I, I recall right, they were putting them under anesthesia and giving them these, and they waking up and finding out that they took all their insides out. Mm-hmm. Not all their insides, but their insides out. Right. You know, um, it, it, it's not untypical of this, uh, of this system to do that, this government to do that, and especially the um, the government-backed medical, you know, to get involved in that type of stuff. But, you know, um, I'm, so, I'm glad the sister put it out there. So we're talking about ovaries. I'm reading more in the article. <laughs> and... Uh, this is a quote from Dawn. She says, everybody he sees has a hysterectomy, just about everybody. He's even taken out the wrong ovary on a young lady, a detained immigrant woman. She was supposed to get her left ovary removed because it had a cyst on the left ovary. He took out the right one. She was upset. She had to go back out, go back to take out the left, and she wound, out, wound up with a total hysterectomy. Mm. That's horrific. And, uh, you know, of course, this pattern that Dawn is laying out that she's recorded during her time mm. in this ICE facility is uh, I'm happy that it's reverberating as widely as it is. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like when I when I seen the story initially, I wondered just uh, I guess how important or how, how much the public would take it up, how much lawmakers yeah. would take it up for what it's worth. Mm-hmm. Uh, this CNN article I'm reading does say that um, maybe it's not this article I do believe I've seen Nancy Pelosi uh, this is three days ago article from The Guardian just the title alone says Nancy Pelosi demands investigation into his hysterectomy claims at ICE Center mm. so uh, there, mm. you, there you have it the most I mean yeah I, I mean it, it 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 wouldn't surprise me, just because like I said they've done it before and they go right in line with Trump, you know. And oh, I should say that the 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 section of white America that he appeals to, you know, 
make sure they ain't reproducing. You know, ever since slavery ended and they couldn't, um, you know, willingly enslave the, the offspring, they've been like, when we do get don't let them produce. So it definitely can be something diabolical in that coming from them. But, you know, we've got to wait for more to roll out on it, you know. Yeah, so uh, shout out to Dawn. Let's make sure we lift up Sister Dawn. And her courage and coming forward with that information. Because she definitely in a in a in a certain, you know in a certain um position, man, uh maybe um be harmed. For sure. For you know, sure. Or to maybe even have her freedom taken from her and that's harm, right? Yeah. Uh but yeah. We we don't want anything to come her way. You know what I'm saying? That that's one one that's one of the reasons we're talking about it now. Yeah. We want to spread the story so more people are aware. That what our government is doing and hopefully gives us more reason to fight, gives us more resilience in this struggle. You know what I'm saying? Because uh, we have to struggle against a system that's going to treat women like this, Uh, you know, because we know what type of reverberations that has in the community, in the family. You know what I'm saying? Whether it be a a South American, Central American family or a new African family on this continent. Mm -hmm. Wrong is wrong. Wrong is wrong. Um, so yeah, uh, last topic of this first part of the podcast, um, was, oh, I'm sorry, um, make sure I get this right. Oh, RBG. Yeah. Ruth, uh, Bader Ginsburg. Yeah. Um, so yeah, came out, the news came out yesterday for us that she passed. Yeah. Uh, long time battling cancer. Maybe other illnesses. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, the news. I, I read this in the article. Aki, she actually choked on a sock. <laughs> no, I'm fucking with you. I like to say Aki, like what the hell? <laughs> nah, you know, people are very sad. You know what I'm yeah. saying? And, yeah. Uh, but but, what what do you think, Aki? I know I know I'm fucking around, but uh, no. I think it's worth talking about just because we know. For the fire this time that we're experiencing, where mm-hmm. this is going to take uh, this country, yeah. As um, far as as we're looking forward into an election this year too, yeah. You know, um, um, I can't say I'm a fan. I ain't an enemy, but um, I mean, I give her this. She 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 a trooper. Cause she, I mean, you know, I've been here. She been battling, you know, cancer, and 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 I think maybe I recall a couple of different forms, mm. you know, on a couple of different occasions, and she bounced back, and then it it popped back up again. You know, she thought she got rid of it, I think, and it popped back up again, or got it under control, and it came, you know, started acting up again, and um. You know, so eighty-seven years old. We're seeing, we're seeing. I, I almost said people on the left and the right. I'm not going to call liberals leftists. We're seeing both liberals and conservatives react in the wake of her death. Yeah, and uh, you know, both sides are, of course, seeing the political urgency uh, with the vacant Supreme Court seat now. Mm-hmm. And um, 
and uh, of course the american people know how important this is too so we can only imagine where this is going to take the tension of this election of the uh, all the unjust shit going on right now what's up um so uh we'll see where that goes you know what i'm saying one thing about rbg you know what i'm saying like one thing i'm not gonna do i'm not gonna bow to is this sense that we were seeing from some liberals progressives that we got to pay reverence to this woman they call it a notorious rbg the biggie reference is just appalling yeah like now uh yeah but uh and like we said earlier there's only one rbg that we recognize that's the yeah. red black and green hanging hanging to my left and aki's right yes it's beautiful um rbg's so th- this is a tweet uh from hassan the hun on twitter he says rbg's quote about kaepernick is revealing so if we don't remember ginsburg and what she's all about was you know revealed to us once again not only in some of her crazy ass decisions mm-hmm. white supremacist decisions against um whether it be indigenous rights or other things yeah uh her her reaction to kaepernick kneeling is super revealing that's a bar what she say rbg's quote about kaepernick is revealing not because her immediate reaction was to call kneeling dumb and stupid but because her apology claimed she was barely aware of the incident or its purpose. This was three years after Trayvon Martin mm. and two years after Ferguson. So she, so three years after Trayvon Martin, two years after Ferguson, she claims she doesn't know why Kaepernick was kneeling. Mm-hmm. And that was her apology, why she called it dumb and disrespectful. Uh, we know what that her initial statement is we know what her apology was you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. so we know who this woman was yes we know that she's part of the problem yes and um that's what it is i keep what i mean you follow it up i mean it's more of a, it's it shows the reliance of black people to me or, or not the reliance but black people still trusting wholeheartedly in this political process you know, well, and identifying with it, yeah, and identifying with it because you know what I'm saying she was on the Supreme Court. You know, um, note that the only the brother that's on the Supreme Court is on the a conservative side of the Supreme Court, and she was celebrated as a feminist hero. If I'm understanding what I'm reading correctly, yeah, for not dropping out despite her health concerns. You know, she was celebrated for doing this. It yeah. seems, even when pushed to drop the the resign and allow Obama to choose her replacement. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean that that's somewhat the chickens coming home to roost. You get what you pay for in yeah. some sense too. If if you're more, you know, if you're wed to a sense of individual accomplishment. And well, think about it. The Republicans, I hate to say it. You know, if you know, politics is a chess game. Mm-hmm. You know, and they plan to move right. Republic, what, Republicans what, been outplaying these niggas, but I'm also thinking, you know, maybe that's just part of the scheme that they both laid out together as elites. You know, what yeah. I'm saying because we know that they're ultimately united against us. Mm-hmm. You know, what I'm saying D- despite party affiliation. Uh, but yeah. The Republicans are outmaneuvering the Democrats. You know what I'm saying? If, yeah. we, t- if we just look at that level, or well, think about it. Step uh, like. All the all the all of the judges they put in place mm. been young. Oh my God, 38, 
42, 45. They trying to put a they trying to put a judge up in there that's like 41 years old. Cause you know you got that for life. They talking about possibly putting Ted Cruz or Tom Cotton up for Supreme Court. Damn. You see what I'm saying? They already ready. But it's funny though, cause they changing their tune because when we were trying to get Scalia in there, I mean when the Democrats were trying to get Scalia in there, um, they literally was like, nah, you got to wait to the next presidency or you got to wait until the election. And we're successful. Yeah. Now that that's up, they trying to get a Republican in there real fast, and they don't want to do it. They already got one. Yeah, they already got one. Yeah, huh? Kavanaugh. Yeah, they already got him in there. Mm-hmm. But now they got this other opening. And they're going to go for it. Yeah, they're going to go for it. These shoot women, man, McConnell say, shoot, as soon as, soon, soon as they get back, the Senate going to uh, vote for it on the floor. So, you know. But we'll see what they're going to do, you know. Uh, like I said, I ain't necessarily a trusting in their politics, mm-hmm. you know. That's, that to me, that's white folks arguing. Facts, Aki, facts. And so, so that um, be where it is. With that, we are about 25 minutes in right now. We're going to take a little break, come back with part two. We're going to talk about the new scourge. I think I'm going to call it a scourge. <laughs> <laughs> a scourge. <laughs> 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 a scourge of white women earth. posing as black women. Yeah, man, that's what yeah. The hell? Yeah, we're gonna talk yeah. about that. <laughs> All right, free to land, everybody. All right, we back at it. Back at it again. Me and Aki, the G. Yes, sir. Once again, my name is Sonny. If my you, name is Aki. If you have not yet, make sure you are sharing uh, the podcast link to your friends, your family, hitting that like button leave a review on apple Podcasts. you know what i'm saying just support in all the many ways that you already know in this digital age it's possible to do so that's easy that's free to do so most definitely so um with that being said part two yes we talking about what what i call it the the scourge the scourge of uh white womanhood and uh in their appropriation and their appropriation of blackness yeah. Um, yeah. Particularly within the movement. Yeah, right? that's wild. So uh, let, let's just hop into some one of the news stories real quick, and we're going to come with some maybe questions and analysis as we go. The first news story we'll touch on is Jessica Krug, a black studies professor at George Washington University. It seemed like for at least a decade or so, um, you know, this is a white woman, two white parents. Uh, she's been identifying as uh, a black woman, even a black woman from the Caribbean, uh, I believe. With, yeah, Caribbean-rooted Bronx blackness, even. Hmm, Bronx blackness. Um, so, of course, she connects this to childhood trauma and whatnot. But, uh, I mean... Let me pause, Aki. Let me get some initial reaction from you, bro. I just like to say, man, you know, it's wild. It's some wild shit. Yeah, because, I mean, how you, how you, you know, like, I'm really surprised that how could black folk be fooled like that? I mean, they go, like, like, we do need to start asking, who are you? Because that's what it seemed like, you know. Uh, but, you know, I looked at them. They don't, you know, 
look like they could be maybe, you know, some up. Just, you know, man, just disappointed in black folks. That's all I can say on this one right here, man. This don't make no sense. You, you think it's a particularly, like, uh, college setting type of deal? Because all these stories, I believe, took place in a college, like, campus, like, setting, whether as professors or students or graduate students. Those are the stories we're, you know, hitting on today. Yeah. Um. A lot of it could be, man, too, um... You think this is going on in the community, just just off campus this entirely? Do you see this, hear about this happening? I ain't never known nobody to be in the hood and be able to fake that. I've never heard that either. I've never heard of, heard it either. Like like I I, I mean it, I think it got to be in in an academia setting because maybe a media setting yeah, as well. Because you couldn't come up in the like now you know we'll figure that out. Because in a community setting. Who your family is is important. It's salient. Yeah, I mean, if you're in the neighborhood, you doing stuff in the neighborhood, you know, um, you know, and even and I say this, I've met people who have said some stuff like that, but then amongst the niggas, we we still like they say they say they mixed, you know, mm-hmm. but. I don't know about it. <laughs> it's always questionable. You know what I'm saying? We could tell something ain't there. But. So let's touch on another story real quick. Yeah, that's, just, that, I mean, that's, that's, that's. Just to bring more into the conversation. So we also have, uh, this story came out September 17th this past week. Uni- University of Wisconsin-Madison grad student admits pretending to be a person of color. And I believe they had to resign their graduate teaching position. Also, Jessica Crew, the last woman that we mentioned, uh, she uh, w- was she resigned her teaching position. Uh, so re- now we're talking about CV Fatolo Haddad. Yeah. Uh, they yes. Uh, I guess they said that they let guesses about their ancestry become answers. Uh, I wanted but couldn't prove. Uh, so yeah, I mean, why? Why do you want those? Uh, you know, and that's a question. You know, that, that we should get deeper into. You know, what I'm saying, why? But she says, I, those are guesses about my ancestry. I guess people guessing that yeah. she was black. She wanted those guesses to become answers and did not oppose them, accepted them, and then began perpetrating as them. But but that's like okay, it's easy for you to say, are you mixed? And did you say, well, no, you got black and you like, no. I'm just down. Yeah, I'm just down for the cause. You know what I'm saying? My people's is Polish, and you know what I'm saying whatever, whatever, whatever. But it's not about no cause for them, really. It's not about no cause for no liberation for them. It's about an aesthetic, Aki. Yeah, that's yeah. what it, that's what it come down to. You know, right now it's like okay, you 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 want to be in the movement, right? Mm-hmm. You know. You just may not be, and right now, it really like always, we the shit that's popping in the movement, you know? Um, and you want to be a part of that. You know, it's the social justice thing you can be able to become part of. It. You can come fuck with us. You know what I'm saying? Black people ain't like that. You can come mess with us. You know what I'm saying? But you ain't got the perp like you want us. You ain't got a lie to kick him, my nigga. You ain't got a lie. <laughs> 
You ain't got to lie. And, 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 and that's what it is. You know, and so it's like, yeah, we feel disrespected. You know what I'm saying? You're supposed to. But y'all still, you should still. I'm looking at him. This is me. Yeah, yeah, Nick. Yeah, I'm disappointed. <laughs> disappointed. We got one more story. Let me see if I can pull it up real quick. Um, Black Indie Live is the website we're looking at. This is an activist. This one might not be, uh, you know, campus focus. I think this one is more just activist sphere in Indianapolis, Indiana. Uh, a white woman posed for a long time uh, as a person of, uh, as an activist of color, as a, as a black person. Satchel Pagelin Cole, her real name is Jennifer Bitten. And she took the name from Satchel Page, the pitcher. <laughs> Satchel Page, are you reading this? Yeah. So, yeah, this is this is some Indiana shit for you, my nigga. Uh, you know, this is just straight up white woman uh, pretending to be black. Um, even took photos with an alleged man she called, black man she called her father. Um... And you know, and it's interesting. This story, the white media came to support her claims, even when community residents uh, disputed it. <laughs> if, if you read this article, you know uh, what I'm saying. So, yeah, crazy stuff going on here, bro. Uh, they got the yearbook pictures in here and everything. And again, you know, same story. Uh, you know, trauma, abuse, da 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 da. Then they claim this is somehow connected, you know, to them perpetrating and and wanting to become a black woman. So, um, yeah, Aki. Um, let, let, let's 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 circle around again. What do you think it is that these white women? Why why do they want? You know, what I'm saying, uh, this identification. What what comes to mind for you? I mean, I'm a little confused of why, too. I mean, I, I think access. You I, know. Say more. Um, Access to, I mean, you're a white woman, so you naturally already get access to affirmative action. You know, you get probably a good chunk of that already. Mm -hmm. Um, But I guess a sense of... Belonging, uh, just I can't see if any material benefit that they're not already getting. Well, I guess if they're mediocre, then they might need to, they might feel they have to go for the affirmative action type of funding given to, you know, black people or black women, for instance. You know what I'm saying? I mean, that's one. Uh, that's a big part of it. That's a big thing about Jessica Cruz. She received funding, money from white institutions that was meant for people of color, black folk, black women. But I'm looking at this woman too. I key. So I, I agree with you. I, I think some of it is, you know, resources. On the other hand, I think it's a certain type of, uh, I don't, you know, obsession, stout. I don't uh, know. I, I think it's a certain type of social capital, maybe. At least yeah, proceed yeah. proceed from their perspective. Yeah. You know, access. From, That's that access. A, you know, access to a certain access to what though? You know what I'm saying? Access within black circles 
to a certain uh, sense of belonging and authority. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? At, in certain activist spaces, I mean, at, you don't have authority unless you, I mean, the, about racial subjects, more authority comes if you're black, right? Yeah. Um, especially in some black settings and activist yeah. settings, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I think I think it's somewhat that, but also um, I think it's, you know, it gets into that term I talk about a lot, competitive victimhood. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Where, I mean, I guess this is white women going to extra, extraordinary lengths <laughs> to to, com- to, com- to compete uh, as you know greater victims in 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 a liberal establishment you or liberal in a liberal society that that does meet out certain resources and sympathies on a, a social, economic, on multiple levels yeah, I think I, to, I, I, to uh, the greatest victims. I'm you glad know, you and, said that because I didn't see it from a competition point of view to mm-hmm. some extent. They, they're comp- competing. Well, mm-hmm. I, I, yeah, I, I definitely think that there's a narcissistic element there, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying, w- that especially on college campuses where people uh, come into contact with, pe- you know, with people of different backgrounds, mm-hmm. you know, and there is a certain capital it seems, and I hate to use some of these heavily Marxist or economic terms, whatever, uh, to describe it, but um, there's a certain clout that comes in these liberal spaces. There's a certain clout that comes with being the most, um, I guess, reputable victim. You know yeah. what I'm saying? A legitimate victim. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? There's a, cause Whether be, you be, be, altered something from the standpoint of a victim or... Because, because Aki, why why is it so important? Because this white these white liberal spaces function within a white elite society. Uh, part, they're part of the process that performs sympathy. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? This performative sympathy of white liberals is applied... To who they what they use whatever type of backwards theories like intersectionality, yeah, you know what I'm saying, or white feminism, mm-hmm. uh, to decide who the greatest victim is, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying, in a very surface level, uh, non-material way, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying, very identity focused way, um, and uh, that's that that's where they focus their philanthropy their resources, their sympathy, yeah. their empathy on. We know that so many groups are erased in that type of system, especially black men, mm-hmm. which, uh, you know, uh, and, and we talked in previous episodes why this colonial patriarchal society, uh, you know, targets some group for for elimination and emphasize assimilation with other groups. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, I keep going to respond, I keep. I mean, um... It ain't much more to say on it, but you know, um, it just make you think. You know, it make you think back. It's like, is this the revenge of the early arguments that they had? Stanton and them had with Frederick Douglass and Sojourner Truth and all of them back then, when they were having issues with white women trying to vote, and they went against. You know, Frederick Douglass had to call them out on that. Mm. They were trying to recruit black women. I think this is really indicative of a crisis of of white womanhood. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. saying. Uh, Of whiteness. Yeah, they had they felt they had a crisis then, Mm -hmm. right? And they now look how they like to some like, but see now they like damn now that's some that's some 
<laughs> next generation shit. We started off to talk shit. Now we we actually put people in there. Mm-hmm. Oh y'all, right? It, it, the crisis of white womanhood and late stage capitalism manifests itself in so many crazy ways. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Amongst conservative women, you know, you we see them going crazy on anti-mask rants and just yeah. coughing on niggas. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, and you know the messed up thing about it is, it's sad to say this, and I'm saying this is a black man. Shit like that can get you punched in your face. Facts. But we see liberal white women, you know what I'm saying, also with their own flavor of their white supremacist feminism, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, white progressives, you know, uh, what is the crisis of white womanhood producing there? Uh, white leftists What is the crisis Of white womanhood Producing mm-hmm. Amongst this group the, the crisis of white Femininity The crisis of white Yeah The crisis yeah. of white woman What is it producing Amongst the white left And amongst the left Generally Yeah You know what I'm saying uh, Because white women Hold so much power You know what I'm saying They sit at the seat Of power In this white patriarchal Yeah System You know what I'm saying Their crisis Is producing uh, You know what I'm saying This emotional you know, race to the bottom. And, and, and when we think about competitive yeah. victimhood, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Because white womanhood, like, and you took it back there just a second ago. Yeah. When you go back to Elizabeth Candy Stanton, mm-hmm. when you go back to, uh, so, uh, who was the other white woman? Elizabeth, no, um, Susan oh. B. Anthony. Yeah, Susan B. Anthony. When, when you go back to these white, early white feminist figures, you know what I'm saying? You see the competitive victimhood. You see the Even origins. Then. You see the origins of it there mm-hmm. where they are competing against black men uh, to be a greater victim, to displace mm-hmm. the victimhood and humanity of black men. When we think about how this country is going to be laid out and resources redistributed and power redistributed, White women have always competed and kept black men down to have a better and bigger seat at the table and to preserve the seat of white men at the table. There and, you go. You hit it right on the nail. And to preserve the, the seat of white men at the table. White women have, uh, this is, you know, all in support of white patriarchy, yeah. ultimately. A white patriarchal colonial system, uh, yeah, the, the, seat, the seats at that table might become more feminist. What does that mean for us, though? Yeah. What does See, that mean for us, though? It's like this: the the for the niggas, hmm. New Africans, African Americans, descendants of slaves, ADOS, whatever the hell you want to call us, we, you know who I'm talking about, All right? They have it, it is an unwritten law to me. They they have a pact that we will never own or be in control. Total, 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 in totality. Mm-hmm. Here in North America, independently. That means self determination. It, it, it that's never been in their plan. Friend, you has in that sense has never been in a plan. That's not what they're about. And white women want the same thing, just like that. So, like you said, she's still fighting for the cause. White feminism, from its origins, has been about proving that black people are not fit for self determination, and they do it through. The devaluation and dehumanization of black men. Mm-hmm. 
So th- you're right. It is connected to a direct connection to the colonial system. They don't. They like I seen. A, I seen a slave movie one time, and the white mother, not the white wife, was chastising her husband mm-hmm. to whip the slave more. And she said something in that movie. She said, I'm trying to preserve, I'm trying to preserve this for me, you, your kids, and your grandkids. There's a book I key. Yeah, and that's a good point. There's a book I key. It is about preservation. Let's go back to the core. There's a book by Sarah Roth. I forget the name of the book, but the book deals with um, the writings, the political actions of white women after the Civil War, particularly their fictional writings. And the author theorizes that the most important vehicle for white women's political motivations after slavery, after the Civil War, was found in literature, in fiction. That's mm-hmm. one of the most important political vehicles in widely popular, mass-produced literature directed, written for and by white women. So what? And what was... A popular thread in these stories, because these stories these stories contain black characters. These white women would write stories of high uh, yellow, very light skinned black women, biracial octoroon black women that would they would go on feminist heroic feminist tales, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, a perseverance for some feminist cause. And they were written to be, you know, for white women to identify with them, mm-hmm. right? And to, um, you know, and this this falls right into white women now, you know what I'm saying, portraying themselves as light-skinned black women for, you know what I'm saying, to feel this type of sympathy, to feel themselves as victims, you know what I'm saying? Because like some don't know struggle. Exactly. They feel struggle through the pages of this old like, literature. It's like the or early, they feel, right, early 1920 movies and 30 movies, the tragic mulattoes. Exactly. And they, they also feel struggle by convincing black women. Real quick, Aki. They, they feel struggle mm-hmm. by convincing black women that black women are just as oppressed as they are by white men. Or that, white, that black men are just as, opp- as oppressive as white men. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? This helps the position of white women yeah. to convince black women of a falsehood. Yeah. That's definitely true. Gotta write that down, dog. <laughs> I know. I know, bro. I don't know if I said it so succinctly yet on the podcast. <laughs> Alex, shout out. It's your birthday. <laughs> <laughs> Real talk. But no, nah, I mean, you know, it's definitely, um, it's a lot of shit that's rooted in that. Right. You know? And to be honest with you, I don't know what's going on in the depths of these white women's minds who decide to go out here and perpetrate like these sisters. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm like, sisters, first of all, there's one thing that make us stand out. And that's the hair. Mm. Even with mixed people. The hair. You know? I mean... I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I'm still fathom about that. I'm just a little fathom about that. I don't I don't I don't know how you could get so but you know what? I think a lot of this was done social media. Meaning like meaning that a lot of these people was perping. But then I'm like, 
you couldn't have been like who was you around? I don't know. I just don't know. Just, I'm not gonna. You know what I'm saying? I feel you, Aki. I'm not gonna even go. Uh, we're gonna bring this segment to a wrap. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, any final thoughts, Aki, on the scourge? Of- <laughs> <laughs> I just say this: black women, black folks, it's happening now. You got to be aware. You know, it ain't, you know, yes, it would be cool just to be open and not question, have to question people. Mm. Um, but, uh, yeah, you need to maybe ask them who your people mm. Yeah, we, we got to move on, I keep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we so we're going we gonna to keep it moving, y'all. We're going to end this segment here. And, uh, yeah, stick around. Part three. Part three, we're going to talk about the recent uh, historic settlement. Yeah. In Louisville. Historic. For Breonna Taylor's family. So uh, just chill out for a second. We'll be right back. All right, peace. Free the land. Free the land. We know too much now. Internet age. Nigga, we know too much. Hmm. We back, y'all. Back in the game. Part three of episode 14. Yep. Yep. And uh, yeah, a uh, good episode for I feel. Yeah. Uh, we're gonna keep it rolling now. We're gonna talk about um, the Brianna Brianna Taylor settlement. Yeah. So uh, if you don't know, recently the city of Louisville and the family of Brianna Taylor, her mother um, uh, Tamika Palmer, yeah, and uh, the rest of her family, the lawyers and whatnot, they had a press conference recently where they announced the settlement, historic settlement, I believe $12 million settlement. Yep. And a number of reforms. Uh, And we're going to get into it. You know, there's a lot to talk about, Um, a lot to consider. I guess, let me say a piece first, Aki, why I think it's important. I think this is our third or fourth episode uh, centering this this case, this investigation and the murder of Breonna Taylor. We talked about gentrification and related to her death. Mm-hmm. We talked about um, the Breonna Khan, Breonna Khan event put on by Until Freedom. Breathe with you. The, the, oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> Ta- the, in the tailor-made fashion event. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Get your money up uh, in, in, in Breonna's name. Yeah, you know. Uh, Balling out, you know. Um, and, you know, all... Uh, and, and now we see fit to talk about it again. Uh, this this is one of the you know defining you know issues, cases, you know events yeah. of 2020 of this historic year, mm-hmm. and uh, you know we we find it dutiful really to to follow this story and to to, to keep our you know eyes peeled and, and our analysis sharp and you know talking about this. What do you want to say, Ike, on this? Uh, you know um. I just say, you know, when you get a chance, you know, check it out, you know, in this full spectrum, you know. Um, learn it from, you know, you know, get your understanding from looking at it yourself. That's all I can say. Uh, we're going to try to give you, fill you in a little bit on it today. Because, mm. uh, <laughs> you know, duh. Yeah, we, yeah, we just go ahead and get into it, I can. So, yeah, go on and introduce the people. I mean, what, what did we see? We, wa- we watched a full... 50-minute, hour-long press conference. Uh, We sat down together just like we did the uh, Black National Convention, just like we did uh, some of these other things. So in pre-production, you know what I'm saying, what what was some of the things that caught your eye? I mean, Um, initially. Well, 
You say pre-production? Yesterday, our pre-production meeting, bro. You came Oh, over, yeah. You, know you talking about, oh, you talking about, some, about okay. We got, we got some food. You yeah, know, yeah. Sat down, watched the... Well, I say this, man. First of all, it was like this, right? Okay, we got in there. We got checking it out. And, you know, I had seen a little glimpse of it, but I was doing something, so I come here to look at it, you know? Um, First of all, you got the mayor. He came out. Um, he was like a walking corpse. <laughs> Free, he was a little dead, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. He gave a normal speech, you know what I'm saying? Condolences to the family, things of that such nature. $12 million, not announced the settlement, $12 million. But first of all, I just said like this. I, I sort of figured that when it was a, when I figured it was a settlement, um, that those officers ain't getting convicted. Oh, that that was my initial thought. That was Imme- my idea. Immediately. They, they, not, they that pretty much, I just say, that, that stick with that. And the, the black community, black working class, that's what I seen too. Initial reaction, just to the, the yeah. fact, just to the, the, the headline that the family is getting a settlement in the millions, mm-hmm. that communicated to us that, uh, yeah, that those officers would not get um, arrested. But, I mean, during the whole... Um, event, uh, press conference, mm-hmm. all the black folk that got up there did speak to the persistent demand that the officers involved be arrested. Yeah, and charged. Right. Yeah, uh, and, and, I, and and that is true. Mm-hmm. Um, But, you know, first of all, anytime I see, what's that lawyer named Benjamin Crump? Oh, my goodness. Anytime I see him, People don't understand what his job is. I think they get it twisted, right? We make him out like he's a major... I, I'm not even going to say not. He the one we always see. We done seen him in the last six or seven major cases. He done represent. I think he represented Trayvon Martin. Did he represent... I think he might have represented Mike Brown's people. He represented a lot of families. Been involved, been in the cut. Yeah. His job is to get you a check. Simple. Get you a check. It's never been too convict. I, I think it's, it goes beyond just getting a check. You know what I'm saying? He also plays a, a role in managing expectation and protest energy. True. And then, you know. we get. I was getting there, but yeah, you know, go ahead. No, go ahead. No, take it. Now, that's exactly what he is, though. Mm-hmm. You know, um, that's why I highlighted the fact of he's there to get you a check. Mm-hmm. See, check. Once you get a check, now you're not behind all of this now. You know what I'm saying? And it's like it it sends a it's some something about it kills the mass movement of it. Well, I'm not, I'm not sure. Tell me, did the families of Mike Brown and Trayvon? Get a check? I think they got a check. I'm not sure about that. I don't know if all of them did, but I know some of them did get a check. Mm-hmm. You know, but th- th- I don't th- think none of them got justice. Right? No, ne- no, neither Trayvon or Mike Brown. Did. Yeah, no, 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 nobody got justice. Mm-hmm. You know, that's why I said his job is there to get him a check. Mm-hmm. You know, um, that's why his track record, as far as a lawyer, people look at him like a freedom lawyer. 
That's what they give him off like yeah, that. Yeah, fact. And he's not like, no, nigga, you're not, you're not getting people out of major cases. Like you, you're not, uh, uh, um, what's my man? Um, you know, you 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 don't have those skills mm-hmm. like that. You there to get people a check. I'm thinking also like one thing that really made me suspicious of this cat during that press conference when he said Breonna Taylor was killed by a no-knock warrant. I'm really into how people say things and frame things. Mm-hmm. You know, so He didn't say the officers' names. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? He spoke about justice and arriving at justice. Uh, but he, he didn't mention the officer's name. He said that Breonna was killed by a no-knock warrant. And uh, she she wasn't killed by no not Warren. No not Warren was involved. She was killed by some white officers, some white mm-hmm. men, Mattingly, Hosgrove, whatever you know. What I'm saying their names are. Yeah. Um. And and that kind of plays into the fact that I believe that that they are gonna uh you know not convict no major. Um. Uh, there's gonna be no major uh indictment. Of mm-hmm. these officers, yeah, uh, that's what it seems. You know, what I'm saying how things are lining up, uh, when, especially when the, the main lawyer for the family is speaking like that. Um, and you know, one thing that also pissed me off about Benjamin Crump was just how much he announced enunciated hmm. the word settlement and yeah. amounts. Yeah, you know, what I'm saying uh, when he was speaking about the hey. historic. Yeah, yeah, he said he settlement. S- he said it was a historic amount. Uh, so yeah, the, it, it really underscored that the twelve million dollars for the family, and um, you know, there's you can feel however you want to feel about that. I'm not even really here to comment on the family yeah. receiving that. I will comment on no fa- no money going towards you know real community organizations or institutions yeah. that could really uh, you know use more funding to defend and empower the black community. Yeah, and in the face of such uh, uh, I guess terrorism. From mm-hmm. from the uh, you know white elite of Louisville, um, yeah. But you know uh, on the reforms, Aki. Not the reforms, just bullshit. That was the bullshit. Right now, we th- we talked about the settlement, and they also said the settlement is of equal importance to the reform. So me and Aki, we turned Aki, we turned on the program <laughs> to learn about the reform. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. We that looked was, that up, and we couldn't find nothing at the time. I don't even I don't know if there's nothing new out, but I'm looking for the reforms. But we went on what they said the reforms was right. So we go in there, we expecting some monumental reforms, nigga, some yeah. historic reforms. Yeah. So. The introduction for the reforms was filled with all the pageantry, all the pretty words, all the strong, radical-sounding, aesthetic words. Changing relationships, transforming, transformative, all of that. It was all in there. All that shit was in there. Community, all that shit was yeah. in there. So we get to the first reform. The, the first reform, y'all, was to give officers money, housing credit, to live in the communities that they are uh, are working with them. Section eight niggas. Section Sex, eight police. Section eight for the police. So and and they it is on a volunteer basis. I keep. We gonna call it pig eight. <laughs> so we gonna exactly. call it pig yeah. eight. Yeah. They they got them. They they giving cops a pig eight check. <laughs> for real, to live in the hood. To live in the hood. <laughs> oh man, that's funny. But so Look. so th- so one, this is gonna be ignored. 
by people that don't want to live in those communities. You know what I'm exactly. saying? Exactly. Or it's going to uh, contribute to the gentrification of these Pretty communities. Pretty much. That's exactly or, what I was thinking. Or it's going to be exploited by uh, cops that are working in safe communities. You know what I'm saying? That Who they, turn dirty. That they can twist the arm of whatever county or city official to, to get designated as one of the at-risk or within this program's mm-hmm. limits or borders. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And they'll be able to uh, get a check for living, uh, you know, where they already plan on moving to. I, I don't see this in any way improving the relationship. You know, this is not going to transform the relationship. It's two uh, things that change black communities that gentrify them. The first one is the Starbucks. Anytime a Starbucks move into your community, they coming to take it. Mm-hmm. It's like flag posts. And police mm-hmm. presence. Living and patrolling. They over there. I see this aiding gentrification. Yeah. Because it's going to go, this definitely thing. Because remember, down. we had a whole episode about how gentrification was intricately related. Related yeah. to the killing, the murder of Breonna Taylor, yeah. the targeting of Breonna Taylor and her close ones. Around her. Yeah. And um, how the gentrification plan was one of private interests and of governmental interests within Louisville and the state of Kentucky. Yeah. So there was no mention. The word gentrification was not mentioned during this press conference. Not by uh, any member of Until Freedom, including Tamika Mallory. She didn't even mention it. Yeah, she didn't even mention it. So uh, also within the settlement, the... They cannot sue any individual officer. Yeah, that's that was the. Mm. So before we even get any further, so that we talked about the first reform. Yeah, Pig Eight. The second reform was two hours a month. They were gonna have. They're gonna pay officers to work or to uh, be active within the organization within the communities to build hours a month. And of course, we know what that's going to be. So, so they get paid. So they get paid community service. Pig pays community service. Right. The bake. So they they got baking service now. Okay. Pig ate and baking service. Okay. So. Hold on. They don't pay. They don't. Would you do community service? You on them papers? You don't have to. They ain't paying you. You paying them. Hmm. So. We already know one hour of this is going to be billed uh, as transit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And what, what's the other hour going to be a month for these white officers and, you know, working in, the, in black communities? Well, are they going to join a Big Brother, Big Sister program and take a little black child out for ice cream for an hour and talk to them about how good the police are to them? Make future agents. Exactly. Because once you join the police force, you become a pig too. These I, I I couldn't even describe these as reforms. You know what I'm saying? These th- these are studies. You know what I'm saying? They have no idea. Yeah. They have no idea if these things are going to work or improve relations in the community. They they have no idea. Well, they brought baby girl up there from the Black Lives Matter later on to go through some like she went through like a uh like a, a mini workshop. You know what I'm saying? They brought the sister up there. She went through like a mini workshop of like community relations between the police and the, you know, holistic approach. And I'm like, none of that. What reforms? Like, Section 8, Pig 8, and, 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 and Bacon Service. 
What what is it the streets been asking for, Aki? Justice. They've been asking it. I mean, if we if we take it another level, they've been asking at a base level just accountability for wrongdoing. Pretty much. Accountability for police officers that do us wrong. Was there any reforms within this historic settlement that spoke to police accountability? Nothing. I didn't even, you know, like uh if first of all, you when they said that they're not going to be able to sue the officers after this mm-hmm. settlement. Right. And th- so they ain't going to jail. Exactly. Think about what the city of Louisville think about what the city of Louisville was saying in that in that in this settlement. Before an investigation is even complete and findings are presented, you know what I'm saying, before any wrongdoing even comes forward, possible wrong wrongdoing of these police officers even come forward, we're saying you can't sue no none of these police officers. Damn. I mean, it's right there. It it, it shows you, you know, where their heart lies. And I mean, this is also combined with the fact that we just watched the Vice News segment where they interviewed people in the same apartment complex where Breonna was killed at. Eyewitnesses. Yeah. Eyewitnesses talking about that, um, of course, that the police did not announce themselves, were in plain clothes, were on some vindictive, heartless shit. Yeah. But also... Came in on my cars. The city of Louisville did not speak to anybody there. None of the eyewitnesses. Afterwards. There, there was over a dozen. None of the eyewitnesses, none of the people that, that heard or seen and or seen what, what, what happened were interviewed by the city of Louisville. Mm-hmm. The FBI only took a cursory glance and interviewed some people. Yeah. So to believe that the city of the city of Louisville is somehow interested in this investigation being completed righteously. Mm-hmm. Oh, you have to be kidding yourself. Yeah. I mean, the eyewitnesses to the wrongdoings of the police not being interviewed once by the city of Louisville. <laughs> but what more needs to be said on that? So, and what's the FBI going to do? Do we do we honestly believe? I mean, what do you think, Aki? Do you think the FBI has a chance here to do? Uh, I, I mean, I don't even want to use the words justice or or what's right. Do you think the FBI? has a chance to convict any of the officers. I'll say this. I think the FBI can could. Now do I think the FBI are? Mm-hmm. Probably not. Now why would I well uh, and, and it could then not take that back. But no, no keep I'm speak from the heart. Deep down I'm like, nah. And it's not even from a logical reason. It's just from a reason that damn it you ain't did it yet. That's really where it come from. You ain't did it yet. So, but to quell, and it seems like they might not have to because it's already starting to quell down. We know that state officials and state investigators are looking at this because we know that it's on the state attorney general, a black man, yeah, uh, to decide if Breonna gets charged. Yeah. Uh, and we also know from the questions at the end of the press conference that we yeah. watched that the grand jury is expected soon, mm-hmm. very soon, to deliver their findings and decision on charging the officers. Because, see... So, they, so and the, the, the journalists asked the people yeah. up there, why did this press conference and this settlement happen on the impending the news of an impending grand jury yeah. uh, proceeding? And, uh, of course, they danced around it. Well, you know, they made it clear. 
you know? Because I I think Benjamin Crump and his lawyer's office and, and Tamika Mallory, they can be backlash that can come from this movie. Mm. They can be. I don't know if it is any. But it can be backlash because niggas ain't stupid. We know a payoff when we see it. You know? And so they made it clear there that this is just a settlement. They still fighting for justice, right? I want to believe that. But I wonder, am I going to see Benjamin Crump again? You might see Tamika. Yeah, I'm also concerned that uh, too much of this is focusing on no-knock warrants. While important, they only kill a very small amount of black people. Uh, black people killed by police. Only a small amount are killed by no-knock warrants. And I say this. I know black... No-knock warrants is real. Uh-huh. In Cali, she spends from Cali, North Carolina. Generally, for people, if it was a, a dope house, a crack house, uh, a weed house or something, they normally came with a no-knock warrant. Mm-hmm. If they if they knew gangsters or somebody frequented there, yeah, they came with a no-knock warrant. They're kicking your door 2.30 in the fucking morning, 4.30 in the morning. Mm-hmm. It's dark outside, and they come and get you, mm-hmm. right? You know, um, but it's been going on for years. I think that was a substitute to try. It was an attempt. They're trying to use. They're trying to maybe trying to pull something to keep the people. You know what I'm saying? Uh, uh, calm. Mm-hmm. You know, because here's the other factor. You know, um, even though they're even though they're highlighting the no knock warrants, like you said, most of us don't die from them. Right. We may go to jail from them, but we don't die. Not at the hands of police. And none, none of those reforms, so-called reforms, get at the police accountability. Mm-mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's enough laws on the books already to defend black people. If, if the laws on the books already were enforced, there's enough on the books already to defend black people from unjust murder by police. The problem is enforcement. The problem is accountability. The problem is our lack of power in demanding and enforcing accountability on our own behalf. Yeah. So it, it is a complicated subject, you know. And I and you know, in this segment I don't we don't mean to, you know, cast until freedom or anybody involved in a purely negative light, except maybe Benjamin Crump. Yeah. Unless, unless. Maybe you. No, but, no, no, no. But we can't forget this though, Parky. He said they're asking for the minimum second degree murder, manslaughter, manslaughter. Yeah, right, manslaughter. Now, the, the art of negotiation, Aki. Yeah. When 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 he's saying that they need to charge the police, let's just think, let's take a little deep dive. We got a little bit of more time. Mm-hmm. When you arrive at the negotiating table. I believe it's understood by both parties that, you know what I'm saying, the least that you could do, the first number you give out, you can go below that. The, the first number the seller give out uh, or or the buyer give out, they can go above that. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's the that's the first art of negotiation. Like, I don't know why you're going to play your hand and shoot it first. You, I would have shot for the highest. There you go. I, but but that's the thing. Nobody talked about gentrification because if you shoot for a higher charge, 
and you're saying this is this was retaliatory in a sense. Mm-hmm. And this is a police murder squad. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Sent in to enforce a gentrification system mm-hmm. that was developing there. Yeah. Or growing there. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That gets you to a higher charge. Then you start talking about motives and planning. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That takes you to a higher charge. But nobody wanted to touch that. There was strict instructions not to touch that. Man, manslaughter. Uh but 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 yeah, on on the on the topic of negotiation, Benjamin Crump, he reveals himself as, you know, the snake that he is. Yeah. When during during this uh pr- during this event, during the press conference, he says we at least want second degree manslaughter. Yeah. You know what I saying? mean, I mean, that's crazy to me. That's first cra- of all, he seems sort of fake to me. I don't know why it is. That did, you know. just, you're just begging, pleading. It's like you're just asking. You know what I'm saying? Like, no. okay, let me out. Let it me out just look. show you the powerlessness. And you got to think, it, it was so funny. I'm sorry, I'm I'm, I'm ranting now, but when people are, you know, like when Tamika went up there, other people from Mattel Freedom go up there, and they're saying that you know we want the protesters released, we want even deeper reforms and all this and all that. They're just up there, just, you know, hands across their stomach, just yeah. standing up there chilling. Hey. Just like, we'll think about it. We'll consider it. It really, it, and it you really. You talking sh- about the mayor and all of them? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. The kind man of in the background. Yeah. Bruh, it, it really show you who got the power, who don't. And they knew you know they had. Like, they, they, they stood behind while, you know, person after person went up there and talked bad about the police department, talked bad about the city of Louisville. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what I'm saying? They just stood there and like, yeah, we hear you. And this is the last time we're going to show up with y'all motherfuckers. You know? Off this $12 million, uh That we just came up off of. You know what I'm saying? E- like, even until Freedom was there, you know what I'm saying? And until Freedom, as we know, has over a dozen people with cases sitting on them from the protest that they yeah. did at they the did. Uh, district attorney's crib. Yeah, people got arrested. It was a big story. Look it up if you haven't. I think those cases are still sitting on people. Yeah, and I think people still might be in jail for that. Some of them are, and um, they didn't even agree to uh, free those protesters. Yeah, you know, they're, they're not even saying they did any wrongdoing. Yeah. What they do say? He say, well, you know, it's a certain difficult thing. You know, you got some people over here that did this thing, and they're just, you know, regular protesters. And you had some guys over here who actually, you know, broke the law. He that dude right there. He he looked like he looked like he wanted those. You know, you know. The, the way the mayor was talking, I mean, talking about how historic the settlement was at the same time, saying that the city did nothing wrong. Yeah, like, see, the city did that to get themselves off the hook. The the. The, what, this is almost a verbatim quote, right? Didn't he say something that the that the settlement was issued because what did he say? The settlement was issued because or the settlement shows that a settlement needed to be issued. You know what I'm saying? It was just circular logic. You know what I'm saying? To skate around the settlement really being about an admission yeah. of wrongdoing yeah. that can't be admitted. You know what I'm saying? Because of what's being performed, right? But uh, yeah. It was all shouting. I mean, um, the whole time, like, that's what I was just feeling in my mind. Like, these officers ain't going to get convicted. They're not going to get convicted. And then, too, I think about it. My my hood, pop, my hood paralegal skills kick in. And um, second-degree manslaughter, you get about... 
10 years. Uh, we looked it up yesterday, 5 to 10. Yeah. Do about five. Good behavior. State time. You can get out in two or three. If you if you got five years, you can get out in three and change, right? Yep, because you go, you're an officer. So automatically, your time going to be light. You want to know why? Because you're a police officer. So they're going to automatically put you in PC. I'm going to protective custody. And your parole board, you know what I'm saying, is going to be ace. You're going to ace them. Yeah. When you go sit before them. Yeah. So how does it feel to be a superstar? <laughs> yeah, he'd be out two years. You can go for parole two years. You're going to be out two years. Every parole board here, we knocked a few months off of you, buddy. Yeah. It's coming. We're coming. We got you. Yeah. <laughs> we got you. We're making sure they ain't going to get you. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, um, you know, you should have been looking at a little more than that, man. You know, and it, it, it's like this. If if he get if he's sick, if he gets second degree manslaughter, I want him to serve the full. 95% of the time got to be served. And you can't go on the PC. I need you on the yard. <laughs> I need you to get the full effect of this. I, I feel you, you know what I'm saying? And I know you feel the same, you know, it's not even about, we don't want to center the punishment of white cops and how we fight for justice. We know it's part of it. Yeah, they so was we, wrong because because we got to fight for our dignity yeah. in this country. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, but we know ultimately that's not what's going to protect us. You know what I'm saying? This system punishing itself is not going to ultimately protect us from oh, no. this violence. No, oh, no. Uh, so you know what I'm saying? Like, is this is a complicated issue? It really is. And I definitely want to make the point that you know this is not to take any shots at Tamika Palmer, Brianna's uh, mother, and uh, you no. know agreeing to the settlement. And, no. and and bringing that money into her family uh, deserve that, right? You know what I'm saying? No, nothing you know disparaging to throw that way, but uh, you know the city of Louisville, Louisville being unwilling to you know redistribute its power and resources to the black community is suppressing. You know what I'm saying? It goes beyond just this case. You know what I'm saying? The same shit finna go down. And, and we see within this case when they're preaching historic transformation, we're seeing the same old reformists tired ass logic foot dragon shit hmm. you know what i'm saying because that pig ate and that uh what was the other one uh bacon service bacon service mm -hmm. we know what that is we yeah. know that that's gonna bring more trouble than it's worth for the black, get, for black folk you're gonna get the big bald-headed white dude buffed out standing next door to you you in the you do know. we want white officers interacting with our children? How you going? Like, you, like I, honestly, like that—that's a very integrationist ethic, isn't it? It's a very integrationist ethic, and it's a very unhood ethic. You know damn well you ain't gonna want to hit your sit in your backyard and hit the cush with the officer standing with the sergeant standing next door to you. How that look? Yeah, the uh, the the black man's breakfast club was cool till the cops came, <laughs> till the cops joined. <laughs> you, know? you know what I'm saying? Yeah, my my son's youth basketball league, black basketball league was cool. Yeah, and, until the cops started refereeing. Yeah, you that's the nigga that beat me over the head. Got yeah, that. you know what I'm saying? I ain't finna go up in there. I got a warrant. It's sad, but you know what I'm saying? This is real. Yeah, I, 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 I don't really think they gonna. I don't think they gonna bite on that. Who? I don't think too many officers are gonna bite on that though. They Do you might. think they, uh, it, they? It may be look, a few. You gotta think. This is a, a, a historic, from their perspective. This is a historic 
uh, you know, bad spot, bad light, bad PR, yeah, bad, be, that bad PR for the Louisville Police Department. The higher ups are going to enforce that their officers, you know, at least initially participate in some of this. They're going to go in there, they're going to buy but them you, jokers for five years, and then they're going to move out. Bro, you already know, bro. You already know. That's it. They're going to go in there, move in there, settle for five years. Be some nice, good, dutiful students. They probably go down there to the first, I mean, to the uh, boys and girls club. And, you know, like you said, become a little coach on the team or something like that. I'm going to start a wrestling class up here at the gym. Probably going to put it at the boys and girls club or the center. There ain't nowhere where no Negroes is. Where, where no uh, black leadership is. Because black, they, yeah. Exactly. They're going to go to a boys and girls club because those are typically white. Uh, led. Yep, white led. Now, yeah, and uh, if they might be black staffed, but or, if you look at, they're usually white led or you know definitely white directed. Mm-hmm. Or what they'll do is this: they'll start a little team at the YMCA and pull all the kids from the neighborhood, but the YMCA ain't in the hood. Or they're just gonna do some random outreach shit that we never hear about that they can just bill away for as hours. Like yeah. they typically do. We know that cops, just like other white city workers, you know what I'm saying, are, uh, you know, they're going to, well, we already know, cops billing probably, they probably bill double the amount of hours it takes to do paperwork. Mm-hmm. They probably bill double that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? As far as, like, how much time I take up. Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't put nothing past these folks. Uh, they're going to be scheming, you know what I'm saying, to get around this, just like oh, yeah. they did to get around passing uh, history and and, and, and uh, social science class in high school. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? In English class in high school, and math in high school with them dumb crackers. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, Because, uh, I mean, that, that's what this, the police force is made up of. Mediocre white folk. <laughs> mediocre white man. And, who, and, and, well, who, who could make the military cut? There you go. They, got, they couldn't pass the test. They didn't make. They didn't, they didn't do right on their uh their medical test. I know a lot of them. I hate to see that dude. You know him in high school, and then he he pull you over or something. He up he up. I'm like, oh, you a police officer now? Yeah. You know, and that that, that makes me think, bro. Just um, what does it mean? You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, this is something I still need to weigh in my mind until freedom, getting behind reforms that bring the police, who radicals revolutionaries view as colonial agents to bring them closer into our communities this, i mean this is not a defund type initiative this is not an abolitionist type initiative this is providing more funding for police departments this and, is this is the opposite until freedom is, is seems is is supporting um you know policy initiatives that oppose the main thrust of what the streets is saying, the, the street protest movement around mm-hmm. BLM in this moment, 2020, is saying as far as abolition and defund. That's not what these reforms in Louisville is doing at all. It's the opposite. I mean, we'll have to, we'll have to give them a little bit of time. That's true. That's true. Because just, if, just they, the- if, they continue, if they continue to struggle for the justice as far as the conviction, so be it. And like they said, the reforms don't stop there. Yeah. But that's typically, uh, this is just my concern speaking, that's typically what people say during the big camera moment as they, before they, you know, float away into the sunset. Yeah. Yeah. 
Move on to the next hot spot. Exactly. Before they move on. Um, but yeah, you know, we're kind we're a kind hearted people, Aki. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we're gonna afford, you know, that grace and see what happens. Yeah. Uh but you know, yeah. Uh we'll we'll see where it goes. I'm sure we'll have another episode on this eventually. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Actually, yeah. For sure. Cause we gotta do the follow up. Cause if they if, if the conviction takes place, I definitely wanna highlight it. You're you're right, Aki. Once the grand jury and shit takes place, yeah, it it'll be time to come back to it. So um yeah, any any closing words, uh farewell, wrap up statement. Oh. Over there smacking them uh hardened beards. I'm sorry, y'all, but these things right here, these James Harden Trolling, sour, bright, weird beards, is banging. This nigga eating beards. Yeah. I'm eating a man with beards. That don't sound right, Joe. Mm-mm. Hell no. Mm-mm. Fire yourself. Okay. <laughs> but um Nah, man, we um we got to be watchful now, cause you know we got Becky's in disguise, mm-hmm. rolling around his sisters, mm-hmm. making the brother think he's looking at a red bone, and he and <laughs> it's getting a little too red. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And he looking at a real, you know what I'm saying? Something else. So, uh, you know, we got to be watchful out here in these streets and our organizations and stuff like that, traders or. Well, not even infiltrators, but people who like to sap off the blackness. Right, right. You know, sip from the root of the tree, you know? Right. We, um, we understand this is a, a crisis-type moment, you know what I'm saying, which is producing all type of ill effects. <laughs> <laughs> Real talk, <laughs> mental ill effects, you right. know what I'm saying? And, and, uh, in our community and in our movements, you know what I'm saying? So we see it with, you know, white people masquerading as black folk. <laughs> wow. Uh, white people in... I don't, damn, that's crazy. It's like... It's like blackface. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like straight up blackface. For sure, but it, yeah. Without painting your face black, you know, just. But it's living it. You like nigga, you don't got to be blackface no more. Crazy. That's a crazy stuff. Uh, anyway. Yeah. But, re- um, rewind the, the, this episode to get get our our feelings on that. But, but uh, yeah, you know, um, gotta be watchful of that, and then uh, you know, we just gotta keep our eyes open for the Brianna Taylor situation and um if we if we really saying we about justice then you should still see the same rowdiness and persistence towards that goal because this was only you know uh a payment um a financial payment for what has taken place with Brianna right that's all undoubtedly this settlement taking place being issued is going to have an effect on everything that happens afterwards. True indeed. It's, so it's important to consider now before yeah. what happens afterwards comes. Because yeah. it's coming. Because now the city is out of it. They ain't got to worry about nothing. They going to continue with their gentrification plans. That's their plan. Yeah, you know, they are. They finna get that back. Okay, we gave her this right. Let me go ahead and get that. And it's funny that that's, that's weird because I started hearing more about that, how these people was connecting gentrification to... Um, Brianna Taylor. After we got word of it, and we did our show, and then all of a sudden, boom, twelve million dollars settlement. I can't believe, and this is my last word on it. I can't believe that the FBI will will be the force that uncovers or points out the corruption in the city of Louisville when it as it pertains to gentrification and the murder of Brianna Taylor. You know what I'm saying? Because if they are to convict, it's going to go that route. Yeah. I don't see them going that route. Why? Because it will be one of the greatest scandals exposed 
from a city and state government mm-hmm. and what they are doing to a black community. Yeah. Breonna Taylor's murder is just one of the most outward manifestations of the system that's taken place yeah. in cities all over and but you know specifically here talking about Louisville, Kentucky. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? The union between private interest city officials, yeah. property and the police as it pertains to Breonna Taylor's murder. Like do do we do we expect the FBI to be the one that exposes that to America? Oh, no, hell no. You know what I'm saying? Like, and, and but that don't even yeah, sound like them. That that's what I'm saying. That it sounds like they're waiting for the right time that the to, to let us down. Hmm. That's what it sounds like to me, Aki. Because I mean, I mean to take us to, to to lock those cops up, them white folk already, them white folk know each other. That's yeah. why. That's why they protect <laughs> yeah. each other. Yeah, they know each they, other. They know that you know they're gonna sing. Either we're gonna kill the, either we're gonna kill our own these officers and the people that know what what happened yeah. and that we scared my talk. You know what I'm saying? Or you know what I'm saying? Or we let it unravel. We're not gonna let it unravel, and we're not gonna let them go away and put them in a position where they might snitch. So we're gonna protect them. <laughs> hey, you know the funny thing. The city didn't got theyself off the hook. Benjamin Crump made that deal. And then they're going to toss the ball right on over to the Fed. Now, okay, hey, it's on y'all now. So now, when we act the asshole or we get a fool out there, we can't go to the city, even though the police is ran by the city. Not the feds. I'm trying to think, is there anything coming up soon? I just, I just wonder when they're going to try to slide in the news that they're not going to uh, convict. You know what I'm I just wonder, what, when is that going to come this year? They're going to They're gonna try to slide it in at some point. Either. You think it'd be for elections? Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. We'll see. Maybe be after, because we know that might be calamity afterwards. You know what I'm saying? All that being said, this is the fire this time. <laughs> Very timely, you know what I'm saying? In in 2020, we're coming with this episode, this analysis. We hope you enjoy it. You know what I'm saying? Please, uh, like we said, spread this episode, spread the podcast to your family, your friends. Flame it out. timelines, you know what I'm saying? And also, just uh, also make sure you're getting, getting prepared for what's to come. You know what I'm saying? this The fire this time, you know, it speaks about What's happening in this political moment? You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, this is a fire. You know what I'm saying? The same fire that Dr. King spoke about. Yes, sir. You know what I'm saying? When he said that, you know, we've integrated into a burning house. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's time for us to exit this burning house. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, And the fire that's going to burn down that house has came. We mm-hmm. see that fire. Hey, what the, hey, the Honorable, Elijah, Ma- Honorable Elijah Muhammad said that, the, he said that the fire is going to start in the West. Hmm. Blood on blood on first in the West, and right now the West Coast is on fire like a motherfucker. West Coast is on fire. The Western world is in calamity and crisis. And Hurricanes hitting the South. Mm-hmm. Now's the time, y'all. It's the time to get prepared. Yeah, you know get your survival. Get your survival kit. Get your plan of action. If crisis comes, what you gonna do? You know what I'm saying? If crisis comes. Who are, who's the family you're going to call on? Who's the network of a dozen other black people mm-hmm. that you can rely on? Are there a dozen black people that are not your family members that you can rely on in an organized fashion if crisis hits your city tomorrow? Yeah. 
I I can't answer that in the affirmative. I got work to do. Yeah. You know, so this is we a call, all do. Me too. This is a call out to me as well. But you know, this is time for us to get prepared, y'all. Most definitely. Most definitely. All right. With that being said, it's fire this time. You know what I'm saying? And uh, much love, everybody. And much then we're gonna love. catch you next episode. Peace. Peace.